Amen. How about that? I'll tell you what, they have worked on that song hard for you guys. i tell you that. Man, they've worked hard on that song for you guys. They loved it, and then they started practicing. It's like, man, this is a hard song. But I think they did fabulous, don't you guys? Amen, amen. He is more than enough. He's Jireh. You know what? In the Word of God, they talk about him being Jehovah Jireh, which Jireh means our provider. So he's, what, 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 but, you, but I have a provision that I need. Well, he's more than enough than what you need. So whatever you need, he's more than enough for that. He's going to meet that need. I'm so excited today for each and every one of y'all that are here. So many are watching online as well. Um, and you'll watch through this whole week. A lot of people say, hey, I can't catch you on Sunday mornings, but we watch during the week every single week. And so praise God for that. Let me get my eyes right so I can see what I'm doing here. Well, that's worse, but anyway. <clears throat> anyway, so um, yesterday we had, well, Friday night we had, you know, John Feltz here and, and the comedian. Man, we had such a good time. This place, we had about, the whole place was full. The, the, and just almost every seat, there was only like four seats that were open. Man, we had a good time. And we laughed so hard. How many of those that laughter does a heart like a medicine? Laughter is so good, especially during the pandemic and all this. It's just good to laugh sometimes. And, and you know, a chuckle's good, but when you get that little belly roll, you know, where you just you know, that deep laugh, it's just so wonderful. Yesterday, we went out to the park and had a chance to, to, to go out there as a family and have a good time. We had some people walk up and some bike riders that were coming up. They were hot and sweaty and tired, and they needed some water. We gave them some water and some, some burgers and stuff, and some families that came up and just wanted, their kids wanted to bounce. And we, hey, we shared with them and let them do that. And so... It was so amazing at what God, what God is doing. God, I'm telling y'all, God is up to something. Y'all going to believe me here real soon whenever God really shows, up himself, shows himself up. He is doing something here at Kingdom Impact Church, and I'm so glad that you were here to be a part of it when, as it's happening. I'm not going to say when it's happening because it's already happening. And today, I'm going to talk to you about something that, that is super needed um, in your life. Um, and, and, it's, and it's really just about revival, but it's not just revival. It's called, I want to title it maybe Revive Me, maybe. Revive. I thought about all kinds. Of, I, need, I need revival. Revive me. Revival fire. I thought about a thousand names, and I just, I, so I'm not going to say revive me. Um, because, um, let's see here. I want, to, I want to talk to you about this, this lady that was writing a letter overseas uh, to someone, and she was saying that we are in revival. You know, some people can't talk very well, and she was talking to someone, and she was saying, we are in revival. You know, instead of revival, she, she couldn't say her, her, her V's very well. But I, when I read that, I was like, that's kind of cool. You know, because if you're going to have revival, you need to re-Bible, right? We need to get back to our Bible. We're going to talk about that as well, but I just thought that was really cool that, that she did. I want to read to you from Psalms chapter 85, verses 1 through 9, okay? This is, this is uh, David talking here, one of my favorite, favorite characters in the Bible. Um, Lord, you poured out your blessings on your land. You restored the fortunes of Israel. You forgave the guilt of your people. Yes, you covered all their sins. You, you held back your fury. You kept back your blazing anger. Now, restore us again, O God. Somebody say that. Restore us again, O God, for our salvation. Put aside your anger against um, us once more. Um, will you be angry with us always? Will you prolong your wrath for all generations? Won't you revive us again? Somebody say that, revive us again. Revive us again so your people can rejoice. So you, I want you to say, so I can rejoice. So I can rejoice, right? Um, so your people can rejoice in you. Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I listen carefully to what God is, the Lord is saying, for he speaks peace 
to his faithful people. Um, but will not let them return to their foolish ways. Surely his salvation is near, and those who fear him, for our land shall be filled with glory. See, renewal, I mean, um, um, revival is renewal, it's restoration. It's a free inflow of life into our bodies, love, and free, a free inflow of love, life, and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, 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 and see, people faint, right? And when people faint, they, they, they have, um, uh, sometimes you'll take a, a, a pack of ice or something and put behind their neck or on the chest, and it revives them, right? You know, you know um, and, then, and then if you have flowers, you'll take some water on some dead, some droopy flowers, and, and you put some water in them, those little flowers out there on, on the porch, I'll, I'll put some water in them to get kind of droopy, and it revives them. You know, and so with us as Christians, we need that ice pack sometime to be applied to our life. You know, the, the Bible talks about God being the river of life and, and the, the, the uh, Holy Spirit being a constant flow of, of the river flowing out of us. And so we need that, 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 I, that water in us to, to revive us. And I pray today that he does that in our lives. The word, the word revival probably means something to difference to all of you. If you're like me, I grew up, revival was a set of like five to seven day services. That back in the day that you stayed and went to church every night till midnight. And then after the end of the seven days, if, if, the, if the evangelist hadn't met his rent yet, he'll say, I think we need to go another seven, brother. And we'll go another seven days, right? Prior to revival, we sit there and we say, Lord, send us revival, right? And then we have a revival. In the middle of the revival, they would say, send us revival, Lord. After revival is over and the evangelist left, we would say, Lord, send us revival. And I was so confused as a kid. I was like, what the heck? We asked for it. We had it. And when we had it, we were still asking for it. Now it's over, and now we forgot we had it. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. And, 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 and to me, as a, as a kid, as a teenager, I felt like revival was unattainable. Anybody else? I just felt like you just couldn't get it because it was this mysterious thing like Casper the Ghost and you just can't catch it. You just can't get it. It's mysterious. You know, and we say that, but I want to get to the place and I want you to get to the place where we can live in revival. That we can live in revival. And so if, if we're going to do that, the very first thing that we need to do is realize, okay, if you're an addict, what's the first thing they tell you to do? You've got to recognize you've got a problem, right? If you're an alcoholic or a, a drug addict or whatever, sex addict, whatever, you say, hey, what's the first thing you got to do when you go to? You got, you got to understand you got a problem. Okay? So we as Christians, we got to understand we got a problem. And we got to say, you know what? I got a problem. I, I need revival. So let, let's everybody go ahead and admit that right now. I need revival. Amen. Now, not, not church needs revival, not our city, not our nation. Yes, they need that. Our nation needs it like crazy. You know, it's crazy all the things that are going on in this world today. You know, the world's without hope. You know, everything's going wild, everything's going crazy, riots and all kind of stuff and all kind of disrespectful things, just, just the pandemic, the race. It's, it's just all kind, it's just horrific. It's awful. It's not of God. It's not the way God planned things. And, and then in our church, there's a bunch of churches that today, that, 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 I'm going to say churches in general, because I'm, I'm not pointing anybody out. It's the church in general. That, that we're weak, we're anemic, we're, we're without power, we're the frozen chosen, and we have an icicle standing in the pulpit. Right? And there's just no power there. You know, we come to church and we go home and no, nobody's changed, there's no, nothing happens in us. 
You know, I was t- telling with the worship and the media team today. I says, man, I, I want to get to the place where every single Sunday somebody's saved, delivered, healed, set free, whatever, baptized, if we, I mean, whatever, whatever we got to do. We, every single week I want God to move. I'm not here just for joy. I'm not here for jollies for somebody. I'm here for, some, for someone to have, get change in their life. I'm here for you to get changed. I'm here to help you. I'm here for you because God's here flowing through me to you. And when I come up here, it's not like I just come trying to get, I know I, I look at my notes a lot. That's because I'm ADD. I'll talk about bacon and Rocky Balboa if you give me a chance. And I'll just talk about all kinds of stuff. You know, I'll just go off into a tangent, you know. So I got to kind of stay focused and know where I'm at. So I apologize. I, some, of these, some pastors will just get up there and just walk around and I never look at their notes. That's not me. You don't want that, I promise. <laughs> we'll be on my family vacation three years ago in a few minutes, you know. So, so the thing is, so in the church, and then in our own lives, in our own lives, we have a lot of dead, powerless Christians walking around in this world, you know, and, and the only thing that's going to change that is revival, and we cannot look at a church and say, the church needs revival, this world needs revival, till we have it in ourselves. you know, we can't, we cannot do that, you, you know, if, 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 it, if you hadn't got it, don't tell me about it. Don't look at me and say, well, hey, you got a problem. And you got a problem too. Well, have you fixed your problem? No, well, don't be talking to me about mine, right? So, so there's, there, there's, I want to give you several definitions of revival as we go through, but two of them right now is an improvement in the conditioning, an improvement in the condition or strength of something. So revival improves the condition of something. It should improve your condition. It should improve your strength in, 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 in God. And also, an instance of something becoming important again. True revival is when we get back to the basics of life. I don't know, some of y'all, a little older, middle-aged people might remember For Him had this song, you know, For Him. And it was called The Basics of Life. It says, we need to get back to the basics of life. You know, life that is pure, you know, and a love that is blind. You know, fervently grounded in Christ. And I love that song. You need to look it up by For Him. Um, but, but, but anyway, so, so something becomes important. We need to get back to the basics where God is important to us, more so than, than things of ourselves. I want to ask you some questions today. Maybe, maybe what do you need or want from God today? What are you praying for? What are you fasting for? Are you longing for a breakthrough in God's life? Do you want to hear his voice? I was in the um, Chick-fil-A line the other day, and I talked to um, one of the guys that was in the line that was, that was helping me. And... Um, he, he came by, and he, he took my order and everything, and I said, I'm going to ask you a question real quick. I know you're busy. He said, what? I said, what can I pray for you in my prayer time this week that, that could bless your life? He just looked at me. I'm like, nobody's ever asked you this before? Nobody, nobody's ever asked you. You know what I'm saying? Hey, we, we should be asking people all the time, what can I pray for you? How can I, how can I make you better? What can I do to help you? And, I, and I, he says, honestly, sir, I just would love for... for, for um, for you to pray that, that I can hear God's voice better in, in some areas of my life that I'm seeking Him for, I would just really love to be able to hear His voice so I can know the, the direction and the plans that He has for me and stuff. And I said, hey man, I got it, brother. I'm going to do it. And I said, just when you're, whenever you're seeking God, just remember that the devil's going to push and hurry and rush and God's going to sit back and guide and lead. He said, oh, okay, okay, you know. So, so anyway, so it was a wonderful time, and, 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 and it was an opportunity to minister to somebody. So, so we want him to speak to us in areas of our life. So, but what are you asking him to speak to, to do in your life? Are you praying for more faith? You, are you praying for him to show up in your quiet time? Are you asking for a fresh, a fresh perspective in your life or, or, or in a different area of your life? Are you praying for your family? Are you single? 
and you're lonely, you're looking for a spouse, you're looking for a friend, you're looking for companionship. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, are you looking for a breakthrough in your finances? Are you praying for a job? Man, there's plenty. Of, ain't nobody praying for a job. There's, there's a thousand jobs out there right now. Every, every week somebody calls me and says, you know anybody in your church will need a job. If you ain't got a job, I got 10,000 jobs for you. Come to me. Come on. So, but maybe you want freedom in your life. Maybe you're bound and you're addicted and you're broken. And you're like, I just want free from all these chains that are holding me down. All these chains and fetters and this bondage that is holding me down. And I want freedom from it. I'm tired of this world and, the, and the Satan himself holding me back from, from where I'm supposed to go. Maybe you're, you want freedom from anger, jealousy, strife, envy, bitterness, resentment, lust, hurt, pain, guilt, shame. Whatever it may be. We want revival. But I'm here to tell you today, unlike the way I, I grew up, revival is not worked up. I love the way I grew up, and I, I've learned so much from my past and the churches I've been to. But at times, I felt like that I had to work things up, that I had to, to do it, you know, they're, 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 and, and had to get things. And I feel like you can work yourself up so high, you have this euphoric state in your own self. You know, you're kind of hyperventilating. You kind of feel, oh, that's all it goes. But then what happens, you go home after a Sunday service, and tomorrow your life's the way it was, and nothing changed. I don't want you to have a euphoric state in your mind. I want you to have a touch from the Holy Spirit in your life to when you, when you not, not to tomorrow when you wake up, when you walk out them doors, you feel different, you act different, you look different, you are different. Praise God. Boy, I shouldn't have preached on revival. Getting me fired up up here. Good Lord. I normally come. I even dress up for today. You know, I wear my jeans normally, my jeans and my T-shirt or jeans and a polo or something, but dress up for revival. <clears throat> the greatest barrier to revival, I'm going to tell it to you. Why can't I have revival? Sin. You got sin in your life, and I'm, I'm point, I've already pointed myself. I'm searching my heart, and I've already searched my heart and said, God, help me. What's blocking in my life? But the sin is in your life. You will never have revival. You can seek it all your life. You can pray and seek God and supposedly do your own little tongue thing. That, but, but it's not going to work because if you, don't, if you have sin in your life, you will never attain revival in your life. It will never happen because sin separates you from God. You can't have revival unless you have God. And if sin separates you from God, you don't have God in your life. That's why it's so important to repent of your sins. Many years ago, D.L. Moody heard Henry Varley say, The world has yet to see what God can do through one man who was fully surrendered to him. Moody said, by God's grace, he said, Moody said, D.L. Moody said, by God's grace, I'll be that man. Man, I stopped when I, was, when I looked at that, 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 that this week and I was reading that. I stopped and I said, God, I am not that man. I am not fully surrendered to you the way I want to. But I want to be that man. If there's one man in my church, if there's one man in our city, God, if there's one man in my state, God, help me to get to the place where I can be fully surrendered to you. That I'm not, not attached to all this other junk. I just want to be surrendered to you. I just want to love people. I just want to care for people. I know there's problems. I know there's situations. I know there's trials and tribulations. But God, I just want to walk through it, and I want to walk in your spirit and not in my flesh. And I know I'm human, and I know I'm going to get in my flesh. But God, I don't want to. That's my heart's desire. Will you be another one? Will you join me and, 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 and be someone that, that is, is striving to be fully surrendered to God and not, not surrendered to yourself, to your mama, to your daddy, to your sister, to your wife, that you're surrendered to God fully? I think, I think sin and revival, when God says revival, I believe when God wants to send revival, I believe he starts. I, believe this is, I really feel like this is a word God gave me this week. Whenever, if, if you want revival... 
it's going to come by conviction. God's going to start convicting you over some things. That's step one of revival. God's going to start convicting you. Okay, you want revival? Okay, you got to fix this. You got to fix, hey, you need to try, let's try to change something. Repent of that. Let me help you with this. Read your Bible more. He's going to start convicting us of things. And then once he starts convicting us, it's going to start opening doors for us to be free to receive what God has for us, right? So, so I want to go back to, 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 to for, for us to do that, we've got to hear God. If he's, going to, if he's going to convict us and we're going to have a conversation with him, we need, we need to have a, be able to talk with him, right? So how does God speak to us? Number one, the main way that God speaks to us is through his word, through the word of God. God that's number one. If you, if you hear everybody says, I just need a word, well, go read it. It's, there's a bunch of words in here for you. Every, there's all, every page has a word for you. But we're wanting somebody to tell us, and everything they're going to tell every when you get up there and you get in front of a prophet, everything they tell you is already here. God's just speaking to them the word to speak into you. If you went here, you wouldn't need them, right? That's why, what, why does the enemy fight? Why do we all of a sudden, when we start reading the Bible, go in hibernation and want to sleep? Every time we read the Bible, you get, you get tired, you get sleepy, right? Because the devil don't want you to read the word of God. He'd rather you sleep. Number two, the second way, and probably the second most important way that, that, that God speaks to us is through prayer. And prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's not you saying, okay, listen up. I need, I need, I need, I need, I want. I better have, I should have, and why don't I have? Amen. That's not prayer. That's, that, that's a gimme session, right? That's disrespectful to the Holy Spirit for us to, to do that. You know, <clears throat> but a dialogue. And it's not God saying, sinner, 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 go to hell. It's not that either. It's not that. It's a dialogue where we talk, God, I, I love you. I love you too. You know, and we talk back and forth. And we, we talk and we talk and we, we, you hear me say it before. When someone don't say, somebody says, Pastor, I just don't know how to pray. I always start off with this, P-R-A-Y. Start off by praising God for a few minutes. And then start off repenting for a few minutes, P-R, and then A, start, and then ask for things, and then Y, yield. Then just yield and just listen to God. Put on some music and just listen. So praise, repent, ask, and yield. And if you do each one of them for two minutes apiece, you know, you're not going to do it for two minutes apiece. Once you start praising God, it's going to take you more than two minutes. Once you start repenting, it might take five or ten, right? You know, once you start asking, it might take 15 to 20. <laughs> but however long you pray with asking, and, and, um, and repenting, at least use that amount of time to give God to speak back to you. So then, then number three, he'll speak through circumstances. When you go through, a, I mean, or cir yeah, circumstances. When you go through a circumstance, what I want you to do from now on is in the middle of the circumstance even, and if not in the middle, if you've already been through one lately, ask God, God, what were you trying to show me in that circumstance? Or if you're in the middle, God, what are you trying to show me in this circumstance? What are you trying to show me? What are you trying to speak to me right now, Lord? You know, God will speak to you. He'll, he'll have a circumstance, and then what, he's like, you didn't learn nothing in that, did you? You just went through that whole storm, and you ain't learned nothing. So in this storm, I say, God, what are you trying to teach me? I want to learn. I want to grow. I want revival. So God, in this storm, what are you speaking to me? What are you trying to show me right now? How are you trying to grow me right now? And then number four, through your spirit, or some people say it's more of your gut, it's your spiritual gut. You just kind of have a gut feeling. You, you, you have a gut feeling, you're just God speaking to you and you want to do something, you just have this good gut feeling that, that, that and sometimes that is, it's not always heartburn, sometimes it's God. 
right? And then number five, here's one that, that, that offends most of us through other people. We want to feel like we're more holy than everybody else. When we, so when someone that we don't seem or appear in our judgmental opinion does not appear to be as holy as us, live good as us, whatever, or if it's another teenager or even a child that God wants to speak to us through them saying something to us, I'm not talking like a prophet. They'll say it's the word of God, ma'am. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just in conversation, and they say something, and, and, and God wants to use that child or that person. Yeah, but God can't use that person. Do you know them? Listen, God used a donkey in the Bible. He used a donkey. And in, 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 the, in the King James, it don't say donkey. So you know what I'm saying? So you can understand, you might think this person is not the best person, but God can use anybody. And so be listening. When you're talking to people, say, God, are, did you just have them speak something to me? Did you, did you just use them? You know, or you did, did I heard, you know, they might, this, and the, the, the probability is that person will never even know they're being used in a lot of situations. You know, unless it is somebody like Pastor Tammy you are, um, uh, as a pastor, somebody in authority that you're praying for somebody and is using them. But just in regular conversation sometimes, they don't have a clue. And then number five through others. Oh, and th that's very humbling. And it's very humbling to let somebody else speak into your life. Espe and especially if you're in a position, if you're in a higher position, like, like a pastor, you know, and you have a member come up and, 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 and that you're talking and God's using what they're saying and speaking, you know, it's very humbling. You know, and we got to be able to be humbled. We can't be so prideful and think we're all that in a bag of chips and, you know, hey, I, you know, and this and that and the other. And number six, everything I just talked about, through everything I just talked about, there will always be a peace that comes with it. Okay? A revival is a reaching high. A revival is a reaching high by bending down low in humility. You know, and the thing is, is a lot of people, you may be around here slamming your head against the wall trying to figure out what to do. You're, you're slamming your head against the wall trying to, you're trying to make something happen. Okay, step one, quit trying to make something happen because you're trying to make it happen in your own ability. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Okay, if you're trying to get something to happen, to happen you are trying to make it happen in your own understanding. So don't try to make it happen in your own understanding. The message says, um, trust God from the bottom of your heart and don't try to figure everything out on your own. I love that. Just try to wait and let, and let God answer you know, to you. Prayer is relational. It's not a sales pitch. When we're going to God, we're having a relational conversation with our friend that's six closer than a brother. And when you're praying to God and you're having that, that thing, it's not a sales pitch. So many times we try to sell God on what we want. We, we talk to God, I, God, I really need this because, and we start trying to sell God or Jesus Christ, we try to sell him and try to get him to buy what we're selling. We forget he's God. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. You know, he's everywhere. And so, so we got to understand he already knows everything. We can't sell him. We try to get in and try to make him buy our product of, 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 of malarkey. You know, it's just not going to work. And, and that's where breakthrough is going to be found. Um, first, first Chronicles 14 and 8. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. But David was told that they were coming, so he marched out to meet them. How many people know as soon as something good happens in your life, you can count on the enemy trying to stop it? 
And whenever something good happens, the enemy's going to try his best to throw a curveball at you to make you depressed, defeated, and feel like that. You know, you know a lot of y'all know um, Pastor Richard Williford that was a pastor here in town, and, and his wife, they just retired. They just retired. They, he finally said, okay, no, no more ministry. I don't have to worry about the stress of pastoring a church. I don't have to worry about it. I retired after all these years. And then within, within the week, his wife fell and on her back and hurt her neck and, and is paralyzed from her neck down right now. Right after, he's thinking, oh, whew, I can breathe. I can, I'm, I can go travel and have a good time. Please pray for them, by the way. But the enemy wants to come and try to discourage you, distract you, beat you down. He don't want you happy. He don't want you joyful. He's going to do whatever it takes to, to beat you down, and especially right after something good happens. But here's the thing. Some of y'all are thinking, well, I don't really want nothing really good to happen. No. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Don't be scared of that punk devil. He, he, he's nobody. He's another. You have authority over him. Use it. He's going to come. He's going to come in like a flood. But you know what? God's going to raise a standard up against him. we got to quit being scared of the devil. We have authority. We don't need to be afraid of the, the opposition. For, matter of fact, 1 John 4, 4. But you belong to God, dear children. You have already won a victory over these people. Because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Holy Spirit lives in us. The spirit of the Antichrist and the spirit of Satan is in this world. 1 Chronicles 14, 9 and 10. The Philistines arrived and made a raid of the, Cilia, of the valley of Rephraim. So David asked God, should I go out to fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied, yes, go ahead. I will hand them over to you. So what did David just do? He just prayed. He prayed to God and said, God, what do I do here? Okay? David was a warrior. David was a fighter. David was a bad dude, man. He was like the modern-day John Cena or, or, or Ric Flair. Woo! That's how David walked around. You know what I'm saying? That's who he was. You know? And, and, but, but he was a bad dude. And as a shepherd boy, he went out there and he protected his flocks. He killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands, man. He was, he was, but this man who had all the skill, he had all the knowledge, he had all the ability, he had all the strength, he had all the resources. He could do it on his own, it seemed like. But he, what did he do? He humbly went to God. He said, God, I have all this on my side. But here's the deal. I have everything on my side to win. But if I don't have you on my side, I won't win. We try to do stuff in our own ability, in our own strength, with our own resources, without God. And when you do anything without God, it will always fail. And if it succeeds a little bit, it will be very temporary. We've got to have God on our side. And he lived, on, he lived in front of the king, and he lived by the king's orders. You know, I could just see this, that, that David was there, and all his men were there, and, and he had all the veterans around him, the warriors, David's, David's mighty men. And, and by the way, David's mighty men, if you look them up, they were all jacked up. They were all messed up. They were, they were, they were, man, they were a, a bunch of a, a bad dudes. They, they had been through a whole lot, and, and, and he administered to them and loved on them and took care of them. But, but the thing is, is that, that they were all there, and then I can just see a new recruit coming up. You know, I'm going to go to war today, you know, and David's going to take us out there. And all of a sudden, David goes to the side over there, and he kneels down. And the new recruit looks at their vets and says, what's, what's the king doing? What's King David doing? Oh, he's getting our orders. What? He's getting our orders. What do you mean? Oh, he's talking to, 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 to the captain, and he's getting our orders. And when he comes, on, comes back, 
It's going to be on like a chicken bone. You hang on because we're going to go do this, and we're going to win, and we're going to fight, right? You just wait and see. 1 Chronicles 14, 11, and 12. So David and his troops went up to baal Patrazim and defeated the Philistines there. And he said, God, God did it, he exclaimed. He didn't say, I did it. He didn't say, look at me. He didn't say, we did it. He said, God did it. He used me to burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So they named the place baal Patrazim which means the Lord who bursts through or breaks. That's where the word breakthrough comes through right there. That's the scripture. When you say, oh, I need a break, that's where it comes from. Baal Perazim. The Philistines had abandoned their gods there, so David gave, gave orders to burn them. So he, took all the, he burned all the gods down. But that's where it comes. When we want a breakthrough, that's what it's talking about, that God, is, David said, he used me to burst through my enemies like a raging flood. Man. How does that relate to me and you? We will not have a breakthrough until we have faith. We will not have faith until we hear God. We will not, we, because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we will not have breakthroughs until we purposely set aside time to talk to God. Until we purposely set aside time to talk with God and spend time with God and be convicted by God and hear God's voice. And I, like I said, his vo I'm not, you're not going to hear his voice, you know, whatever, you know, Sammy. You're just not, it's, the chances of that are just not going to happen probably. But you can hear his voice through these other situations I talked about a while ago. Don't get me wrong. Salvation comes, through faith, comes, through, comes by grace through faith, but you can't earn it and you can't buy it. It's through faith. Salvation comes through faith. But if we want to break through, we've got to have pl faith plus something. We've got to have the faith, right? But we got to have action as well. David had faith, and he prayed from the Lord. Then he went into action, and that's how he conquered these cities. Let me give you another word for action that, that would be a good, good uh, a replacement for in this, in this case um, that we need to have if we want to have revival. It's obedience. Obedience. What does Proverbs 3 6 say? We talked about 5 while ago. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lead not to your own understanding. Verse 6 says, obedience. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And when, we, when he shows us that path, we've got to take it. But you just can't stand there. Here, I love this. Um, Jesus was preaching the, the Sermon on the Mount. And this week, man, I don't know, this just stood out to me like never before. If you listen to these two words of mine and obey, there it is. So God's saying, if you listen and obey, you're like the wise man who builds his house on the rock. And when the floods came and the winds blew, it was all good because he was built on the rock. Everybody knows the scripture, right? Well, listen to this. Have you, have you just come across this? I bet most of you have. I know Don hadn't. Don's a scholar. He, he, he could probably tell me about this before I get finished. However, if you, if you hear these words and don't do them, you are like the foolish man who built his house on the sand and the enemy comes huffing and bluffing to blow your house down, kind of like the big bad wolf. You know, he'll come and blow it down. So did you hear what that, that first line said? However, if you hear these words and don't do them. So the foolish man and the wise man both heard, his, heard the same thing. I don't know, it just didn't hit me before in the past. They both heard it, but one obeyed and one didn't. That's why it was. It wasn't just that he built on the sand. It's that he heard that he needed to build on the rock, and he still built on the sand. That's our problem. We hear the truth, and we, we don't do nothing with it. 
The Word of God says once you hear the truth, you are accountable for it. That's my job every week is to make you accountable. Is say, you know what? I told you the truth. Now you know. And now that you know, you stand before God, and he'll say, Pastor Doug told you this, but you didn't listen. You like the foolish man that built your house on the sand. Don't you remember when Pastor Doug said you had to forgive, that you had to love? Did, don't you remember that? Pastor Doug told you that. He's not going to say that. Okay, come on. Don't get religious about it. But I'm just saying, when you stand there, he could say that. Because the Bible says that you will be accountable for, for, for everything. Once you know the truth, you are accountable for it. That just blows my mind. If you can just play something here. If you want a breakthrough, you must have faith. You must pray. You must listen for his voice. And you must obey him. We have to align ourselves with God. When we look to man, we get what man can give us. When we look to money, we get what money can give us. When we look to an organization, we get what organizations can give us. When we look to a denomination, we get to what denominations can give us. But when we look to God, we can get what God give us. If you want a financial breakthrough, God invites you to pray first. Then you be obedient, you tithe, you keep your, keep, keep your, your, your spending within your spending limits, you manage your money, and get a budget. His word is clear about these things. And then you align yourself with God, and then, then your financial breakthrough will come. If you want to break through in your family, God invites you to pray. And purposely, pur purposefully spend time with those family members. Love on them. Listen to them. Communicate with them. Understand them. Not just be understood. Understand. Be gracious. Forgive. Love boldly. And don't walk away from them. And then God can help that relationship if you align yourself with Him and His Word. If you want to break through in your addiction, God invites you to do whatever it takes to break that addiction. Be willing to, to avoid the, the, the pleasures of the sin and seek deliverance and seek help and quit looking for, 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 for your help and, your, and, your, and your, your desire and quit looking for the answer in the bottom of a bottle, the bottom, the bottom of or, or some drugs or, some, or some, some women or some, some pornography. Whatever it is, quit looking in all those other areas for it and you got this addiction and you want to break it. Then come to God humbly and say, God, I need deliverance align yourself with God's word I want to finish with this story there was a father and a mother who who um, was in this house a boarding house and they had this little girl that was there and she was so excited to be there and they gave her her own bed for the first time she was laying in bed about to go to and right 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 at the end of her foot of her bed was a um, a mirror and right behind her bed, right above her headboard, was a picture of Jesus. And she laid down, and all of a sudden, she, she, she sat up, and she said, Mama, Daddy, come here, come here, come here. And, she, and they said, what is it? What is it? She says, she says I, I see Jesus, I see Jesus. What do you mean? She says, I see Jesus. And they said, what are you talking about? And she laid down, and she sat up, she saw Jesus. She said, hey, she says, listen, she says, every time I sit up, you know, I don't see Jesus. But every time I lay down, I see Jesus. See, we got to take word from that. Because when, every time she sat up, she blocked Jesus in the picture, right? That's what I'm saying there in case you didn't get that. She, she blocked the picture of Jesus. And then she lay down and she could see the Jesus. We got to lay down and bury ourselves in our sins. We got to be humble, drop our pride, and lay down at the foot of the cross so we can see Jesus. But when, when we sit up, 
and we think that we're that and we're, we're, we're private and we're good and we got all that and we know what to do, you're blocking Jesus. And he's like, until you get out of my way, you're done, son. It's not going to happen. You need the Holy Ghost right there. And so that, that, that right there is what we got to remember with God. That's revival in a nutshell. Or reaching high to bend low. Or reaching high, reaching high to avoid the lofty in ourselves and the lofty in Him up. God will come in our personal life. He will come in our community. And then He will come into the world, at the church, the community, and to, to the world. But it starts with each one of us. 2 Chronicles 7.14. Let's close with this. <clears throat> Here's the key to revival. This is a revival scripture. If my people, that's who are called by my name, Christ, if you're Christian, you're his people. Then if my people who are called by my name will what? Humble themselves, lay down. Not sit up, lay down. Humble themselves and what? What did I say? The first thing, pray. Pray. And, what, and then what? After you pray, seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. After that, revival comes. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will restore, revive, send revival to their land. And that's up to us. Would you bow your hand and close your eyes real fast? Is there anybody here today who would say, Pastor Doug, I need revival in my life, but not because I'm a Christian and don't have it. I need revival in my life because I'm, I'm a sinner and I'm going to hell, and I need revival in my life to revive my, my, my life into, into the life of Christ. I need the life of Christ, not the life of hell that I have right now. So if you would say, Pastor Doug, I'm not a Christian. I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I am not saved, and I want to receive Christ, and I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want to be a Christian. I want to live this life. Jesus died for me, and I want to live this life. Would you raise your hand and say, I want to receive Christ? Anybody at all just want to receive Christ in your life? Okay. And if you're online, just, just put, put, put a little hand signal up, or you can just message us privately. Okay, look at me. Everybody in here, look up at me. If you would say, and don't do it unless you're serious. If it's not, sit down. We're not gonna, we don't judge here. We're not going to judge you because everybody's at different places in your life. But if you're saying, I need revival, you're saying, I want revival. God, I'm ready to submit. I'm ready to pray. I want revival. I want to be that surrendered man or that surrendered woman that you talk about. I want you to stand. If you're not ready for that, that's okay. Nobody's going to look at you. But if that's you, I want you to stand. Say, I want revival. I'm ready for that. Amen. Okay? And I'm going to pray for you right now. I want you to go home and I want you to find this online and I want you to share this so we can have more people that experience revival in their lives. Okay? And like it, comment on it, share it, whatever. I want to pray for you right now. <clears throat> God, for every soul in this room that has stood in, in reverence, God, for the fact that they want revival, God, I pray that you send revival. Send Holy Spirit down, God, and minister and, and, and light and ignite a fire in them. God, let their lives be changed. God, change them. God, bring Holy Spirit to their lives and let it radically change how they think, how they live. God, Jesus, how they sleep, how, how they work. God, bring, bring revival in their work, in their play, in their homes, in their relationships. God, in their, in their, in their marriage, whatever it's at. Bring revival, Father. Help us to turn from our wicked ways and seek your face and pray, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
I speak revival fire in your lives right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, do your work right now. God, they stood. That means there's a desire. There's a desire for them to live for you like they should. There's a desire for, for them to, to, God, to have that revival, God, to be revived and to be restored and to be able to, 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 to be your mouthpiece, to help others change, to go out and preach the gospel, God, and, and, and lead people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and make disciples, God, as the Great Commission says. That's their desire. They're standing, God, today asking you, humbly with their heads bowed God Lord Jesus so they could so they could just lower themselves and lay down themselves but lift you up touch them today in the name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus everybody say that in the name of Jesus with me in the name of Jesus hallelujah Hallelujah. Does anybody need special prayer today? And you say, Pastor Doug, I need special prayer. I'm, I'm broken. I'm addicted. I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. And I just want special prayer before we go. I just want to ask that before I, I close. And if not, it's okay. But I want to, I want to offer that to you so we can have, have that time just to, to pray for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful day. And I will see you next Sunday.